Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh, man. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Howard Beck coming up here momentarily for your daily assist. Of course, daily assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. We'll ask uh, Howard about uh, scrimmages getting going, what he's looking for uh, in these scrimmages, and uh, specifically what he's looking for from uh, the Utah Jazz. We'll uh, run our Mike Conley conversation by Howard a little bit. Of course, I feel, you know, it's kind of funny during this pandemic, uh, you with everything frozen in time, you worry that, uh, or I worry that if we ask the same uh questions to our daily assist guests every week who have been nice enough to keep this going by the way which has been absolutely terrific because you know a lot of people say oh what are you talking about with no games it's like just because there's no games doesn't mean there's no news but we'll ask him about uh, about Mike Conley and uh, his opportunity to step into uh, to the void and uh, help the Jazz with offensive uh, production. So we'll get uh, Howard's thoughts on that, uh, as well as uh, everything that's going on with the NBA and uh, and the bubble. And don't forget the Jazz scrimmage coming up tomorrow night. You're going to be able to hear it right here on the Zone Radio Network. David Locke is going to be on the call. It's going to start at 6. You can watch it on AT&T Sportsnet as well. And I am so glad, so glad that uh, they're putting these scrimmages on TV and radio. I think uh, I uh, I feel comfortable speaking for a lot of jazz fans out there that we uh, are excited to see that tomorrow. Get some basketball back. Watch the ball go through the hoop. And, you know, get a little watch this, this grand experiment play out before our very eyes. I mean, it's going to be cool. Plus, you get a chance to look at the court and the setup. Um, I saw Ben Anderson tweeting today that he uh, watched the the Clippers scrimmage on the screen or uh, on the stream and uh, that uh, no fans, the, the no crowd noise actually took him just a second to get used to and was not that distracting. All right. Uh, let's get to your daily assist. Uh, Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, let's jump out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. He writes for the Bleacher Report, usually joins us on Fridays, but with a state holiday on Friday, nice enough to join us on a Wednesday today. He is Howard Beck. Hi, Howard. How are you? Hey, Jake. Doing well. How are you? Doing terrific. Uh, thanks for being a little flexible for uh, for us. I'm sure uh, out there in New York they don't uh, celebrate Pioneer Day. Um, not that I've been informed of. No, <laughs> is that a is that a thing going on right now? That is something. That is the holiday on Friday, and that is why we're taking the day off on Friday. So it's a All right. it's well, a I, state holiday. If if it means you get to take a day off, then I'm all in favor of it. 
Here, here, Howard. And actually, especially with this onslaught of NBA action that we're, we're about to get, it'll be kind of nice to have a, have a day off and a long weekend before going into it. And, uh, it, you know, it's, it's going to be really cool, Howard. We are going to be wall-to-wall NBA for the next couple of months. I mean, all day, every day, basically. It's got to be a, a basketball fan's dream, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be like anything we're used to seeing um, if, if today's televised scrimmages are any uh, indication. But, yeah, I think that if you're – whether you're a Jazz fan, whether you're a Mavericks fan, you know, Bucks fan, if you're just, you know, tired of, of uh, the monotony of, of, of no NBA and of hearing about the NBA maybe coming back and what – you know, form will it come back? I mean, we can finally stop talking and just start watching again. And so the couple of scrimmages were televised today, and we'll be seeing those for a bit here. And then a week from tomorrow is the first uh, of the seeding games. So it's back. I mean, it's 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 strange. You know, they're, they're, I watched a little bit of uh, of the the uh, Clippers Magic game, and no fans, and it, it kind of feels like a you're watching a summer league game, but just a, a higher level summer league game. And um, it, 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 it's hard to get a feel for it. Um, and these are, these, are, you know, these are scrimmages, too, so there's really nothing at stake. But um, I, I guess we'll all get used to it, and, and you know, we'll, we'll enjoy whatever form the, the games take. Well, we're going to watch the Jazz scrimmage tomorrow, and Austin and I earlier in the show were talking about what we were going to to look for. And I know we ask you about Mike Conley a lot, but we ended up uh, delving into that conversation again. And the Jazz lost, here's kind of what we're talking about, the Jazz lost their number two offensive option with Bogdanovich. And who's going to step in and be that number two for the Jazz? And, I, you know, we kind of came to the conclusion Mike Conley's got to do kind of the omens work there because he's capable of it. And I'm not sure if, uh, if other Jazz players are, but Kind of reset your Mike Conley opinion uh, for us, Howard, a little bit, and what you are expecting of him in this return. Hard to say. You know, obviously, I, I, no one's seen him play in, in months, and, and he was pretty banged up during the season. Um, I, don't, I don't know what, you know what his physical state is right now. I'm not, you know, obviously I'm not in Orlando, as you know. Um, you know, I, I'll be curious to see what what he's got and, and whether this time, you know, for the for the older players, you know, this 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 can cut two ways. The, all the downtime either means you come back feeling fresh and in in great shape and, and maybe everything healed up, or it's you know older guys maybe they're a little creaky and it takes longer to get going again. Um, I, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But my feeling during the season was that yeah, I mean Conley not just the injuries, but he just didn't look as comfortable. Um, clearly in an offense where he was having to share a lot of the load with Donovan Mitchell, the ball handling responsibilities, playmaking responsibilities. And, you know, um, it just, it just looked like a, an awkward fit and hard, even harder to get acclimated when you're banged up and missing games too. So obviously he's important for them. That goes without saying, but I also think the jazz without Bogdanovich, you know, you've got a number, number of ways you can go because you have, you know, a guy like Joe Ingles who can uh, handle the ball and make plays. You've got Mitchell and, and Conley, um, and yeah, obviously, you know, Rudy is the ultimate outlet. Um, so there's 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 plenty there still. I just don't think that in this environment and in these playoffs, and especially when you're in a conference with teams as talented as the Lakers and Clippers are, that you just don't have any room for error. So missing any any member of your starting five, and in particular, you know, you know your, your number two option, 
um, at times. Um, that's uh, that may be too much to overcome. Joe Ingles was on the station on our morning show, uh, Howard. He comes on weekly, uh, and he's great. And it's been he's continued that through the the pandemic, and it's been interesting to kind of uh, go through this with him in a sense, listening to those interviews. But he said something this morning where he compared this situation to international play, where you're away from your family and you're isolated a little bit, like like say at the Olympics. And he said that he felt that teams that figured out the best way to function in this environment will be more successful. And I thought that that was an interesting X factor, that teams that are more comfortable or figure out a better way to to deal with it or cope will be more successful on the floor. What do you think about that concept? Well, yeah, I mean, that could mean a lot of different things. I mean, is he referring to the games themselves or the isolation and the just change in day-to-day lifestyle? I mean, it, it depends on, on which part of that, but I've been saying all along, I, I think that there's a pretty significant psychological impact here to everybody the longer you're there. Right now, it feels like summer camp. It feels like basketball camp, right? They're, they're, they're practicing. They're back with their teams. They're just relieved to be um, on the court again. They're having fun. On the, you know, their downtime, they can go fish and they can golf. And, and it all just, you know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's all just fun right now. And they're kind of insulated from all the, the realities of, of the world in, in terms of the virus because they're in this bubble. But when it's week two, week three, week four, week five, you know, that's when I think that there's a, a mental stamina or emotional stamina that, that will come into play. And the, the, psycho, uh, the psychological effect of being cut off from family and friends and you know, just the strangeness of it all and the monotony of, of, of being limited to, to this, you know, uh, this campus, that I, I think that, you know, that will play a factor here. I don't know how it will play a factor. I don't know who it will affect the most. I don't think we can know that, but it's definitely a factor. Howard, what do you think about uh, doing the you know MVP All NBA that sort of thing? Only taking into consideration the season before the shutdown, and you know, with that in mind, who's your MVP? It's a mistake. I, I think the NBA blew this one. Frankly, um, the eight seeding games, as they call them, are going to count in the standings. That's why they're seeding games. <laughs> so, uh, if the games count in the standings and the stats that the players put up count in the all-time record books, and they will and they count for things like the scoring title and the rebounding title and all that other stuff, then the postseason awards should be based on those as well. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, the, the, the league's feeling is there's a couple different uh, issues here, but one of them is that, well, it would be unfair to the eight teams that weren't invited to the bubble, to which I say, tough bleep. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, you you weren't good enough. So, you know, and there aren't that many postseason award candidates on those teams, aside from maybe the all-rookie teams, and the all-rookie teams are a joke anyway, let's be honest. Um, I, I, I have no sympathy for the teams that didn't get there. Um, it, it, you know, the, the, the postseason awards, the, the NBA awards are based on the regular season, and the regular season is still going. These games matter, and you, you can't have it both ways. The NBA wants these games to matter in the standings, and statistically and everything else, but somehow they don't count for the awards. The other concern the NBA had was that there would be maybe too much weight placed on these games. So if somebody gets hot in those eight games, it might influence, you know, some balloting for whatever, uh, MVP, six-man something. Um, sure, that's possible, but 
we have that issue every year anyway, or that, that, that possibility anywhere every year, because some races go down to the wire. And if a guy gets hot in late March and early April, and he gets his team from seventh to third in their conference or something, then yeah, that weighs in. There is a recency bias. There is a bias toward, um, you know, performing when it matters most. So uh, I, I just I think the NBA made a mistake. I, I don't like that we're doing this right now based solely on the games through March 11th. And if we were going to do that, then we should have just voted weeks ago. Uh, all that said, uh, Giannis was the MVP at the time that the season stopped, and I don't think that LeBron was going to catch him even with these eight seeding games, if, even if that were possible, or even if they'd included them. Um, but it's Giannis by a little bit over LeBron, who's number two. Giannis for Defensive Player of the Year, too? I'll be honest. I'm still, because we've gone so long since the season stopped, yeah. and I didn't, you know, some people immediately did their postseason awards. Like, they figured out what they would do, even though there were no ballots to fill out. They wrote their columns or they did their podcast. I didn't do any of that, so I've not really done the exercise. And now that we've got, like, six days to, <laughs> to get this together, I think we got a week, um, I'll be working on that you know, shortly. So I, I have not decided whether that's Giannis or Anthony Davis or, you know, wherever that's going to go yet. I've got to, I've got to figure that one out. I want to ask you uh, about uh, players leaving the bubble uh, for personal reasons and the protocol to, uh, to come back. Um, the latest Patrick Beverly uh, left for, for personal reasons. And, you know, if they test every day while they're gone and they have the four-day quarantine when, when they return, which seems very reasonable to me, and maybe we should have anticipated more of these personal reasons because these guys are human. But your thoughts on kind of those protocols, because it seems like they – they, they, they should work, right? Yeah, I mean, this is, this is where the unpredictability of the bubble uh, season comes into play because if this were a normal season and something comes up when you're in your family, even if you were in the middle of a playoff series, and even if it was the part of the playoff series that was on the road, you would go back on the first off day that you had, or maybe you'd miss a game on the road, and then you would take care of things at home and you'd come back and you wouldn't really miss that much time. But in this case, what happens is guys have to leave the bubble, leave Orlando, fly maybe six hours in some cases, take care of what they have to take care of. And now you're burning a lot of, a lot of time. And let's, by the way, let's hope in the case of Pat Beverly, Montrezl Harrell, Zion Williamson, all these guys, let's hope that all of this is, you know, these, these, uh, whatever the situations are, let's hope everybody's okay. Um, but when they get back and they have to go through a quarantine period again, so now you're tacking on the time gone plus the quarantine. If, if that it's happening now for these guys is not uh, catastrophic for their teams. They'll, they'll, they'll be fine. But if this happens a few weeks from now when the playoffs are going, it's going to have a real impact. And, you know, look, the, the, there's no question about the policy. The NBA is, is handling this exactly as they need to. It, there needs to be um, some assurance that, that uh, first the guy can leave, obviously. They need that freedom. But that when they come back, you've got to, again, make sure that they are not carrying the virus. That's the only way to keep this bubble intact and this season intact. 
I'm just I, I'm glad they they have the reasonable policies like you're you're talking there. I mean, I think Mike Conley, he's got a baby that's that's due. And I can't remember exactly when it is. It's sometime in August or late August, middle of August. Anyway, he hasn't he hasn't mentioned exactly when it is. But, you know, if he wants to be there for the birth of his child and, and maybe the quarantine was two weeks, maybe he wouldn't make a different decision, which would be wrong in my mind, I guess. I'm I, I guess I'm saying I'm glad these guys are allowed to live their lives still when when is necessary. Necessary. has to be the case yep. it, it has to be the case i had heard a few weeks back that and i don't know how anybody would know this for sure but one of the agents told me that there were at least a dozen guys around the league who had girlfriends or wives expecting um this summer and so there may be multiple guys who have to face the decision of, of leaving to attend the birth of their child knowing that it will knock them out of you know potentially a, a week's worth of practices and games or, or you know however it breaks and, you know, it's tough. That's a, that's a tough decision for, for anybody to have to make. Um, but, yes, of course, the league has done the right thing in, in giving them the latitude to, to do what they feel is right. Real quick, Howard, before we let you go, and this is a non-bubble-related question, but uh, are, why haven't the Bulls pulled the trigger on Jim Boylan? Is there a chance that he actually stays? <laughs> um, I, you know, listen, if they were going to fire him, I think they would have done it by now. And, you know, there's a new, new – uh, regime there with Arturis uh, Karnasovas and you know if, if they've made the decision that look there's you know we, we want to evaluate him up close first let's let the season the new season start months away um, or maybe they're just deciding there's no urgency and maybe you know th- th- there is another possibility here and I don't have any particular intel on what the Bulls agenda is to be honest but you know when this season does conclude there are going to be some coaches getting fired because that's how this thing goes. And maybe the Bulls have their eyes on, you know, somebody who's currently employed elsewhere. Uh, or maybe they just want to, you know, take their time because next season is not starting until at least December. <laughs> so what's the rush, right? Well, Jim Boylan coached at the University of Utah, as you know, so he's not the most popular guy uh, around here. So I think a lot of folks would probably say no coach might be better than Jim Boylan, just Ooh, not having boy. a coach at all. Uh, but, of course, Rough. we're saying that somewhat tongue-in-cheek. He's not the most popular coach around here. But, uh, Howard, thank you very much for jumping on with us, as always. And thanks for dealing with us and coming on Wednesday instead of Friday. You're the best. We appreciate it. I know. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, Jake. Take care. See you, Howard. That's our friend Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report, daily assist staple and absolutely uh, one of our favorites. And, and uh, maybe uh, I was trying to illustrate with, with Howard, and, and I thought he had a good uh, reaction to it, that you know if, if you didn't provide ways for players to, to handle their personal lives in this situation, again, Patrick Beverly leaving to handle a family emergency, and, and I'm with Howard. We hope uh, you know, everything's really okay. But you know, if you, you've got to provide a way for them to reasonably come back to their team. And, and if that's you know, having them test while they're gone, and uh, a four-day quarantine upon their return, you know, this seem reasonable to me. If they made it, you know, a full two weeks if you leave the bubble, dum dum dum. I mean, that might encourage players not to do the right thing for them themselves in their their personal lives. You know, I don't know what Avery Bradley is dealing with exactly, but if if the 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 protocols. Uh, were more punitive, then maybe he wouldn't make the decision to be where he needs to be. 
And I think that's important. We, you know, I, I really do. They're, athletes are, are being asked, and I know, Austin, you have no sympathy for this, but they've been, they're being asked to do something uh, uh, different, unique, and what's got to be yeah. difficult. Something I've never had to do. Live in a Walt Disney World hotel suite <laughs> for months at millions of dollars going into my bank account. I've never had to do such a hard thing. But they are human, and they do need to be responsible to their families. And uh, uh, I'm sure the NBA doesn't want to discourage that. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, and, and look, we had a little fun there. But I, uh, if there's a family situation... Right. Regardless of what you do for li- uh, living or how much money you do or don't make, it's got to be family first. You want them to go. You and, want them to go. And as a coworker, as an employer, as a peer, you want them to go take right. care of it as well. And you know what? If Mike Conley wants to be uh, there present for the, the birth of his child, which I certainly would want uh, if I were in that, that situation, you don't want to make him have to choose between his team and his life. Which is why I have a Personal bit of a life. problem with what's going on with the Lakers today and the Alex Caruso story. Oh, where he's not going to go to his uh, sister's wedding? Apparently, LeBron and Anthony Davis got in his ear and, and said, we more important than they. Which I, I'm not comfortable with either. However, uh, come on, Sister Caruso. There are a million dollars on the line. Let's, She's let's, not a nun. Let's, uh, let's kick the wedding down. Let's kick that can down the road a little bit, huh? Yeah, that would probably... Anyone that's uh, going through wedding stuff right now, I might recommend holding off a bit, if you could, Yeah, please. you can't. Now is not the time. Go elope, and then we'll have a celebration later At on. another time. Yeah. yeah. Head a, to, head a to, raucous reception when... Uh, such thing is appropriate. And I'll bet Alex could make it really, really, really worth your waiting with a few th- millions of dollars thrown your way. But your, your point is certainly taken. I don't want, if you're a player, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to choose between doing the right thing for your personal life and your team. And, and by the way, if you do choose team over personal life, that should be your choice. You shouldn't be pressured into doing it with unreasonable protocols. Like Isaiah Thomas, and it, it, when his sister passed, and he was going through all that stuff in the playoffs, and he made the decision to be there. Good for him, but I'm glad that that was his decision to make. Nobody, one side or the other, right, pressured of, him into doing, yeah. making because you know what a horrible situation, right? That would nobody would fault him for any decision that he made, right? To to play or not to play, nobody would would cast judgment. But I'm glad that it was his decision to make. He made it for himself personally and for his team. I'm glad that there wasn't pressure from one way or another. You know, oh boy, if you uh, take a day off because your sister unfortunately passed, boy, you're just sacri- you're just letting your team down. I mean, th- that's terrible. Nobody wants that, right? Yeah. And that could happen in the bubble if they said, well, if you take one step out. You're done for two weeks regardless. Yeah. And this, this, these rules should remain the same, Jake. Uh, this approach to it should remain. If Mike Conley is scoring 40 points a game, 17 assists, and single-handedly taking the Jazz to the brink of an NBA championship and then leaves to go to the birth of his child, you just kind of say, good for him. Right. That's his choice. That's his right. Yep. Whether he's scoring two points or 40 – it shouldn't matter. This is his life. Right. Not, And that's what he does for work. Yeah. You do work when you're at work. When life happens, you go take care of life. Because if you can't, if you leave and go to the birth of your child and then you can't play for two whole weeks when you come back, 
that is hurting your team unreasonably. But your team hopefully doesn't tell you that as you're packing your bag to go to the birth of your child. Right, right, right. But see, the, the, that's why the four-day thing, and they, that's a little punitive. Like, four days is a lot. But it, it's not it's enough time, though, to feel better about. But two weeks could be the difference between elimination and not. It could be over. Yeah. And four days could, too, but certainly far less so, where that pressure isn't going to be there. Players, players need to be, not should be, need to be allowed to make the best decisions for their family without undue pressure, or at least unnecessary pressure. Yep, well said. Yeah. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. Don't forget, lock the whole 5 o'clock hour. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. I want to remind you of our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call today, 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333 at Action Plumbing. Reminder, David Locke is going to be on the show uh, join, uh, in the entire 5 o'clock hour, so we'll talk a lot of NBA basketball. Ball. Um, did you see uh, Jared Dudley's quote about the bubble today, Austin? Uh, down no, there, but in, this has got to be rich in Orlando. The, oh, guy, no, the guy likes to talk. I think it's somewhat insightful, actually. Uh, he was asked about the biggest obstacle for harmony in the NBA bubble, and this is what he said, Austin. He said, "Quote: I think not being around a female companion." Unquote. So the biggest, but listen to his justification. All right. Said uh, your people who are married. Is he going Chester or Gordon on this one? No, no, no. Listen, this is this this is this is not very Chester. I'll give it a chance. Yeah, yeah. Said, "quote uh, Your people who are married, you have your wives. I won't see my wife for seven weeks. When's the last time it's ever happened? We're not going. We're not going to Iraq for war or doing anything. But for us, it's you not seeing your wife and kids." I think that's a huge shock. Even AAU basketball, you go for your week and you go home, right? I don't care how you do it. I think some uh, I think some people, you have your girlfriends, and I think people that are just free floaters, as I call them, not excuse me, <coughs> not being able to have that for a long stretch of time, let's be honest. That's a it's a well thought out, well uh, presented point. And, and not, and I like, I like that he included. I get that I'm not being deployed here, right? Because our soldiers, men and women, and otherwise, are really do it every day, yeah. all day. All, you know, they they go months and years without that their their husbands and wives. So and, I get, that, I like that he added that, but it does, it still is a shock when you first get there and the first, you know, five six nights go by, and you're like, man, I am missing my family. And you look at the calendar, you're like, oh, we still have six weeks to go of this, right? And I, I, obstacle for harmony, I think, is a good way to ask that that question. And even though he was talking about a very chestery subject, it, it, was, not a, yeah. it was not a very chestery answer. And I like that he even considered the single guys. He said, you know, the free floaters, the free floaters, you know, their their lives <laughs> and relationships matter, just like uh, just like the married guys. 
which was something I was trying to communicate. When Gordon wrote that that column comparing the bubble to his MTC experience, that that was the point I was trying to get across to him. Like, okay, you were a an a, an eighteen year old. LDS person who was living the standard to go on a mission, your lifestyle going into that unique situation was a tad bit different than a 22-year-old wealthy, young, available bachelor. Right. Yeah, right. So that it's more of a shock to the system, I would say. It would be a hell of a television show. You remember that show Trading Places? Yes. If they took an NBA player and a Mormon missionary and switched them for a week. Right. Yeah, it, so that would be so fun. So maybe people don't approve, per se, of some of the lifestyles out there, but in the NBA. But this is America, you can have the any lifestyle for the most part that uh, that you see fit, and uh, your uh, situation should be considered. So yeah. uh, I I liked that answer because I think. Uh, from a variety of different ways you look at it, he might be right. Whether it's missing your family or whether it's uh, sneaking a date in for some doubles ping pong, <laughs> okay. it could uh, be a threat to uh, to harmony. I like the answer because it, it is not it's not a whiny response. It isn't a because whiny response. Because he chose to go to Orlando. He cho- You had the option to opt out of this, did you not? You did. And you chose to opt in knowing that that would mean certain things would not be available to you, including your family and kids or, or your girlfriend or whatever you're into. Because people do- And the, the whiny responses that say, I don't want to share a room and the food sucks. Oh, it's so bad to be here. That's what I can't stand. Yeah. What Jared Dudley just presented, I'll hear that, I'll listen to it, and I'll say, yeah, I got you, man. Well, and it's it's probably the most responsible way I've seen the elephant in the room addressed. Because honestly, if we if we were talking about like a biodome bubble kind of thing, you know, where they're literally trying to isolate everybody as much as they they possibly can from the outside world, the biggest threat to that is relationships, girlfriends, wives, dates, friends, Tinder profile On people. I, yeah. I, that is the proximity, biggest, right? Yeah, that's the that's the biggest threat to the whole concept. And I know everybody wants to hide from it because we don't want to get all chestery with it. But I thought I liked how Jared Dudley put that. He's like, "Hey, we're used to having these relationships, and isolating ourselves from these relationships is going to be challenging for." Anybody that has these relationships. And so when you see teammates yelling at each other on the court, it's because they haven't had their wife with them for five weeks, maybe? Hey, that would come into play. For sure. 100%. And I agree with Joe Ingles and what he said on uh, on DJ and PK this morning, and we talked about it and what's going on. The teams that adjust to these unique circumstances the best will perform the best in this situation. I, I not... I mean, talent's going to win out. That's the number one thing. I'm not saying that, you know, the the Grizzlies are all of a sudden going to win the NBA title because they're comfortable and adapted well to the situation. But it will be a factor. It absolutely will be a factor. Well, and to some degree along those lines, that's how it is every year. The NBA champion is the team that best weathers the storms of life during an NBA season. Who is it? David Wesley? Not oh, not David Wesley, uh, the former Charlotte Hornets guard, yeah, who passed away. Uh, uh, but the but David West, excuse me, when he was with the Warriors, 
who then a year later came out and said, what you guys don't understand, what we went through off the court away from the game during that season makes it even more impressive what that team was able to do to win that 73 games. By the way, quick uh, corrections Which, and retractions. David Wesley, uh, still very much. Oh, he's the, oh, I'm sorry. It was me. Bobby Phils who passed Thank away. Yeah. He was racing That's David correct. Wesley. You know, I uh, having and I got hung up on his name, David West, and mixed them yeah. together. Yeah. But uh, interestingly enough, uh, used to I know exactly what stretch of road that that all happened because it was coming out of the old Charlotte Coliseum after a game. What a terrible situation! A sad story. That, yeah. I'm sorry I invoked. So that, yeah. so sad. Uh, anyway. On he, that note, Bobby Fields was uh, he was a great player too. So was David Wesley for that matter. But mostly every year the team that weathers all those storms and has the most talent wins the whole thing. Right. Now it's just you don't necessarily have to have the most talent in Orlando. But now it's totally unique. Yes. Now the situation is on steroids. Correct. All, all the, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean you have to weather a completely different type of storm. And not having companionship. I know I know of a I won't get too into specifics, but I know a jazz player, and this was going back a long time ago, that had a, a not so great playoff performance, you know, playoff run, because he had problems with his relationship. His marriage was falling apart, and it happened. It it has an effect on on how people play, because of course it does. Unfortunately, you know, uh, even in sports radio, when, when you've got something going on at home, sometimes you don't do your best shows because you're a little distracted. I mean, it's, I think it's that way for everybody to a certain extent. Basketball players are, are, are no different than anybody else. So anyway, I thought, I thought Jared Dudley responsibly commented on that situation. I think he's totally right. Whoever now, adjusts <laughs> to this thing the best is going to have an advantage. Now let's ask J.R. Smith the same question to see how he answers. <laughs> I don't know what uh, JR's current relationship status is. I'm not sure he would know. Uh, maybe not. All right, stay tuned. It is the big show. We'll have a not sports report coming up next. Uh, and David Locke in the, for the entire 5 o'clock hour. But right now it's time for a back-to-basketball update. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Back-to-basketball update brought to you by our friends at Zions Bank. Let's hear what uh, life in the bubble's like for LeBron. Everyone keeps asking me how is the bubble or how's it going. I just say it's 2020. Nothing is normal in 2020. Nothing seems as is. And who knows if it will ever go back to the way it was. Who knows? But you, you make the adjustments and you figure it out along the way. That's what life is all about. Life throws you curveballs sometimes. And it's how you how you not only approach it, but how you appreciate it as well. So nothing is normal. But what is the same is that, that floor we just came off of, my teammates, and what we have and what we're here to do. And that's to lock in and stay focus and, and go about this ride you know, accordingly. So, but it's 2020, so it's different from the vision of 2020. It's not that clear. Clippers guard Patrick Beverly has left the bubble in Orlando to address an emergency personal matter. Uh, if he continues to be regularly tested while he is away, he will have a four-day quarantine upon his return, which he said he plans to do. There's another back-to-basketball update for you, brought to you by Zions Bank. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you.
four months. Welcome. Oh, Donovan, don't do me like that. But finally, the NBA is back. Back up and hammer. That is filthy, Rudy. Catch every second of every moment of Utah Jazz basketball. As the Jazz resume play from the bubble in Orlando, your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz is right here on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your not sports report on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Till then it was over When her lips met mine Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Locke joins us coming up for the entire 5 o'clock hour, so stay tuned for that. But right now it's time for the Not Sports Port, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Uh, in Gordon's absence, Austin and I have uh, each submitted a story for the Not Sports Report. We will continue that tradition today. Austin, what do you have for us? Well, with the uh, the movie zone coming your way tonight at 7 o'clock, Jake. Usually on Thursday. Tonight uh, we'll have a movie zone because of the scrimmage tomorrow. I thought I'd go with a little movie news okay. for you for a little primer for tonight's show. Uh, you got Netflix at home, right? I do. 13 great movies, according to this list, coming to Netflix in August. I want you to say great or not great as I read the list. Okay. Real quick. All right. 13. A Knight's Tale. Not great. Stop it. Really? What, a, a lame medieval movie with a queen soundtrack and I'm supposed to like it? It's a great movie oh, with it. an incredible soundtrack. Uh, you've got The Addams Family, the the live uh, action version from like the early it. 90s. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, no, so great or not great? Sorry. Great. Uh, I don't know this movie. What if I think it's good, not great? No, it's great, not great. That's the idea here. Because they they have called it 13 great movies coming to Netflix. Okay. So, uh, an, an education. I don't know this movie. Not great. So, say not great. Jurassic Park. That's easy. Don't do the Jake Scott thing just to be a contrarian. It's a great movie. Okay. Jurassic Park! The first one was great. That is. This is the first okay. one. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Love it. Great. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez. 1979 version Mad Max. Never seen it. Great movie. Uh, Ocean's 12 and Ocean's 13. Not great. Neither of them, really. Haven't seen either of them, so. Really? Oh, yeah. Don't watch 12. 13's okay. Sometimes sequels... I, I loved Ocean's Eleven, so I, I yeah. don't want to ruin it with this. But if we're forced to choose great or not great, not they're great. not great. Okay. Seabiscuit. Great. Nightcrawler. Never seen it. Oh, you'd like it. Okay. It's a great movie. Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Not great. Not great. And then uh, the final one, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. Great. The Daniel Craig, uh-huh. James Bonds. Okay. I, I like Daniel Craig as James Bond. The last one was not so good, but those two were good. Haven't cared for him as James Bond, actually. You're kidding, really? Yeah, the first one where it was just a big poker game for two and a half hours, pass. I thought Casino Royale was great. And I don't like that he has a consistent heartthrob, someone taking his romantic interest. That's that's not James Bondish. Yeah, James the, Bond is supposed to be, as, G, as uh, uh, Jared Dudley told us, a free floater. Uh, true, okay. 
But, so anyways, but that has nothing to do with him as Bond. You just didn't like that part of the storyline. And he just he does, never changes his face, never changes his emotions. Just might as well be a mannequin playing James Bond. See, I like Pierce Brosnan, but I didn't like him as Bond. It seems like his, really? his whole thing was just uh, put a, pull out a gun and shoot him. <laughs> well, that's kind <laughs> of the James Bond thing. All right, so there you go. Coming to Netflix okay. next month. All right, I, I've got a quick one for you, uh, Austin. Dayline, New York. Uh, a gentleman named Robert Berger was facing uh, some uh, some jail time. Bob uh, Berger? He was charged in possession of a stolen Lexus and attempted grand larceny of a truck. All right. So do you know what uh, our boy Bob did? Faked his own death. Oh. Yeah. Faked his own death. I take it that this is a story meaning he didn't succeed at faking his own death. He did not succeed. Okay. And do you want to you want to know why he did not? Okay. I have a few guesses, but you tell me. So his lawyer submitted a death certificate to the court. So his lawyer's involved? I don't I don't know. But a lawyer who was representing him submitted oh my a death certificate to the to the court. The one big problem was is there was a really uh, there was a bad spelling error on the death certificate. Okay. He spelled the word registry, normally spelled R-E-G-I-S-T-R-Y, as R-E-G-S-I-T-R-Y. Registry. So the prosecution was like, well, that's uncommon. Let's look into that. And that's what busted him. And uh, and then Bob got in trouble. He would have got away with it had he used spell check? I guess. <laughs> now he faces up to four additional years in prison. Yeah. If con- convicted of the other charge. Which he will now be convicted. He won't find a jury elsewhere. Almost certainly yeah. be convicted, yeah. It's over for you, Bobby. Faking your own death does not really... Uh, scream innocence now does it <laughs> that's not the act of a guiltless party imagine him on the sand he's like you know what i am not guilty of these charges well then why did you try and fake your own death to get out of it um well you see i had a you know uh i had a family i was quoting rap that, lyrics that weekend and i just really wanted to go <laughs> oh that's unbelievable how about that would you ever fake your own death? What would it take? No, I'm not going to fake my own death. What would it take? Yeah. I don't know. If I were in some sort of a scenario like uh, No Country for Old Men. Yep, that's exactly I'm, I'm what I was thinking. Running away from a, uh, you know, a, 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 a mad... A cattle gun? Yeah, right. I might, I might fake my own death then, maybe. Yep. But I think it would take a lot. Yeah. Uh, at least a million. If we're talking money. And here's the thing. Our friend Bob here, I don't think, really thought this out. Because if it worked, what then? <laughs> then where do you go? What then do you what do? do you do? You don't necessarily have ID. You can't really just pick up and move elsewhere. you got to be a person. Right. I mean, and you're pretty much eliminating any possibility at a legitimate living. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, you could maybe have a paper route. I mean, for the rest of your life, you're pretty much either doing odd jobs or committing crimes, and you really don't have any any other option. Yeah. Hope you like being a lumberjack out in the deep woods of Canada. Or robbing liquor stores, because that's it. <laughs> or both. That's, to make that's, ends what meet. You, that's what you've got. There's there's uh, what you have for, an incredible for, story. for the rest of your life. All because he didn't use spell check. All because he did not spell a word correctly. 
Hmm. And his lawyer didn't catch it either. Whoops. What a bona fide lawyer that must be. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I would think the lawyer was in on it. But in this particular article, they did not mention if if the lawyer was charged. David Locke joins the show coming up next. Stay tuned. He'll be with us for the entire 5 o'clock hour. Very much looking forward to it. We get to it next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.